powered by the Crosstown Radio Partnership between the Delia Memphian, Crosstown Concourse, and the University of Memphis. We are raised by sound. Welcome to Faithfully Memphis. This radio production is coming to you live from the studio of WYXR right here in the recently renovated Sears Crosstown Concourse building, tucked in just south of North Parkway on the west side of Cleveland Avenue here in the Bluff City, Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, We're here um, in the heart of the city, uh, 38104, close to some of our important neighbors here. Uh, just east of the medical district and those good people who have been taking care of everybody in this long year that we are still in and uh, we're just a short jog down uh, Poplar Avenue from Overton Park the Memphis Zoo and so much of the good stuff happening here in our town my name is Jay Biedenhorn Um, I'm the rector at St. John's Episcopal Church here in Memphis we're over in the University District at the corner of Central and Greer. You've probably seen us right there um, on that stretch of Central between the University of Memphis and the Pink Palace. And uh, I'm glad to be with you on this uh, beautiful Thursday morning. I am pleased to share the microphone today with the Reverend Miranda Cully. Miranda is the Associate Rector at St. John's Episcopal Church. Miranda is a priest In the Episcopal Church, um, if you have come from a different tradition, you would call that a pastor or a minister, most likely. Uh, Miranda's a priest, and generally speaking, um, she's one of my favorite people in Memphis. So it's a joy to uh, do the kingdom work with Miranda at St. John's and all the other great people on staff uh, who who are doing good work at St. John's Episcopal Church. So Miranda, good morning. Good morning, Jay. How are you? Thanks for inviting me on. You know what a morning person that I am. You are. You're getting caffeinated so slowly you, but surely. Yeah. He promised me a good cup of coffee this morning. So that Did got I me deliver? up and ready to go. You delivered. Okay. This was made in your home. It was. It was uh, Colombian beans with a really, really snooty coffee so maker. This but yeah. is, this is the kind of morning I can wake up for. I think so too. I think Cost so. Town, we we radio are radio show good coffee. Exactly right. In it's Memphis, a beautiful day. good coffee. Yeah. In Memphis, talking about talking about our city and yeah. a lot of good things happening here. So, um, we are are pleased to be with you today. Um, Miranda, did you happen to catch the uh, the uh, date? I know we've had this on our, our calendar for a, a minute. Do you do you happen to know what uh, what day uh, it is? And we know it's a Thursday morning. What. Uh, what significance um, is there today, March, March 11th, 11th of 2021? I, I don't know, Jay. I what know, happened on March 11th, oh, on plenty, this day, March 11th? Plenty, plenty, plenty. I know um, a lot of times um, on this show, the, the host talks about one of the uh, the uh, saints of the day, and, and we want to put a little bit of a different spin on it and talk um, about on this day in Christian history. So jump back in your mind with me, if you will, uh, faithful listener, and put yourself on March 11th, 1829, um, a long, long time ago now. It was on this day, on March 11th, um, that uh, Mendelssohn revived the career of Johann Sebastian Bach. 
Um, it's hard to believe Bach, who is well beloved, if any of you have spent any time around um, uh, 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 Christian or uh, hymnody, any any sort of music that that you'd be familiar with in in a, in a worship service, Bach is the uh, the the godfather of so much of, of sacred Do music. Do we ever hear Bach in the Episcopal Church, Jay? Um, we hear Bach <laughs> nearly every time the church is open. Um, We're lucky, aren't we? We are very fortunate. Um, Bach, um, it is hard to believe because he is so well-loved, but for about 100 years after his death, um, he was um, his reputation was so low that he would actually, um, his, his manuscripts, these, these beautiful pieces of sacred music, fishmongers and markets would actually wrap up the day's catch to send people home um, because Bach was, was just a composer. It was on this day in um, March 11, 1829, when Mendelssohn, um, for the, the first time in about 100 years, he decided to play um, St. Matthew's Passion, which um, I would highly recommend if you are a classical music lover, uh, or or not, um, it is one of the most um, moving and beautiful pieces of music that's ever that's ever uh, happened. And um, we can thank Mendelssohn, who um, who was the one who reintroduced the world to Bach and and the the beauty of his work. And we're talking about this today because um, Bach, uh, all that he did, all of the beautiful music that he that he offered, that he created, he understood that um, to be um, used to the glory of God. And uh, there is a, a quote that is attributed to him um, that goes something like this: "The final aim and reason of all music is nothing other than the glorification of God and the refreshment of the spirit." So that's got me thinking um, today, Miranda, about about beauty and and faith. How do those two things uh, work? Are they are they are they related? Um, I guess I guess in a question thinking about on this day in history when when Bach, who was so well uh, loved and regarded, um, we think about his his music as being this this beautiful offering. Um, what does beauty have to do with with faith? What's the point of, of beauty, Miranda? Have you thought about that at all? I have. Well, Jay, for me, faith in God is something that I cannot, God is completely unknown to me, and at the same time, God is known to me. Okay. Right? And Hmm. so, it is in that point of beauty where I know that I can access God. It's a place where God becomes apparent to me. So whether that is a beautiful landscape, a beautiful piece of music, a beautiful building, I know that I am seeing God in that moment. That is a point of belief for me. It's where God becomes alive and apparent, Hmm. and I feel it next to me. And so our beautiful buildings, for example, you might say, why do you have such beautiful buildings? They cost so much to keep up. Absolutely. Couldn't you have given that money to the poor? And yes, we could have. What does that beauty do for us, though? I think that it's an access point. I love when someone sees St. John's for the very first time. They walk in, and they see murals, and they just stop. Right. And they take it in. And I had the same experience at St. Mary's Cathedral when I worked downtown, and someone would be delivering pizza for my youth group, and they would walk into that Anglican Gothic yeah. building and they would just stop it's just an immersive um, experience and right? we do that when we encounter beauty and therefore it is one place where as unknown as god is to me i think god wants to be revealed we believe that as christians about jesus christ we believe that god is waiting to be revealed to us if we look for it and beauty is one of those places where it happens 
Yeah, I I love your point about uh, about beauty is something that that transcends and points beyond, right? I mean, uh, the the reason that we remember uh, someone like Bach, or, or really, you know, look, whatever whatever we do that we do well and, and do for the glory of God, um, it is our our best offering, and hopefully. Um, beauty transcends and points us to that to the ultimate reality, which is which is God, the Creator. Absolutely. Yeah. I, we love aesthetics in the Episcopal Church, and we don't make any apology for it. No, no, <laughs> no. You're, so, That's why we have musicians who have studied for years to play Bach for us, because not just anyone can do that, right? No, no. And it's and, why we have an altar guild who puts together they they polish brass and they put together beautiful flowers every single Sunday because God deserves that, but we as humans need that as part of worship. Well, right. We and desire a, yeah. to do that. We we, so. we all have this this longing um, in us um, as as God's creatures, and um, beauty is is a is a brief glimpse of uh, of our of our unity with with our Creator. If that if that suits you at all, um, yeah. Well, well, that's uh, um, that is this day in in church. Happy um, March eleventh. Happy March eleventh. We um, so thank you. Thank you, Bach. Thank you, Mendelssohn. Thank you, everyone, for your for your attempts to create beauty. Um, we we hope that they are glimpses of of God um, and His kingdom for everybody that that encounters them. So, um, speaking of um, a little bit of, of beauty, I wanted to uh, cue up the the uh, piece of music. Um, this is a this is a gospel track. Uh, the time for peace is right now.
All right, welcome back. Welcome back. We just heard a track called The Time for Peace is Right Now by a gospel band called The Fantastic Shadows, and there's not a, a whole lot that's known about this band. Apparently, they recorded under the name The Little Shadows as well, but I did a little bit of uh, looking around. They recorded one album in 1976, and um, on the cover of that album was a picture of uh, Glendale Missionary Baptist Church to Miami, Florida, where this band apparently was housed. That building was destroyed. You guys remember Hurricane Andrew back in 1992? Since been rebuilt, but um, this track from 1976 was just released on a gospel compilation out on Luaka Records, um, and uh, just felt like a a beautiful, a beautiful and appropriate song in this and this time we're in of so much anxiety and certainty to remember. Uh, the time for peace is now, and it ultimately begins with you and me and how we conduct ourselves, um, even at this minute. So. I have the distinct privilege today of welcoming our guest here at Faithfully Memphis. I wanted to uh, welcome George Gully here to, to uh, be with us this morning. George is a parishioner at St. John's Episcopal Church here in Memphis. George is the internet sales manager for Jim Kara Chevrolet on Covington Pike. And once George gets talking this morning, I bet you'll recognize his voice. Uh, George has done a number of uh, TV and, and radio spots for uh, for Jim Karras over the years, and uh, George is also my friend, uh, and it's it's a joy to have him here today. Um, and I've asked George to be with us today because um, George is a civic-minded Memphian, and uh, he really, I think, has a pretty compelling way of explaining um, his motivation for working uh, for the well-being of our city and for some of our most at-risk um, and George's motivation, as I understand it, as I've heard him say uh, many times over the years, um, comes from his faith. So, George, welcome to Faithfully Memphis. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jay, and to you as well, Miranda. And I appreciate you all inviting me down today. I was a little taken back when you called me last week. But, you know, reflecting on that, I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm lucky to be a part of your parish or our parish. Yeah. And uh, through the years... My faith has evolved. Uh, I think back, I've been a lifelong parishioner of St. John's. My family moved here in the early 60s from Mississippi, and right. both family members, meaning my grandparents, one was a Methodist and one was a Baptist, and okay. they lived next door to the churches. Right. And so, as it would be, we moved next door to St. John's. How about that? And then we joined that church. You know, your your family's religious background, I can't tell you how many times um, I, I hear someone say, um, you know, there will be sort of a, a, a blending of traditions. I was Baptist and my spouse was Catholic or vice versa in the, the Episcopal Church, um, as I think many of you who are who are listening in um, over the past past few episodes in this in this show understand that we're we're pretty wide middle way. So it would make sense for uh, for your family yeah. to ultimately. Well, and let's don't underestimate the convenience of being right by the parish, too. I mean, you know, God's providence <laughs> putting you putting you there. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you know, when you were when you asked me the question about coming on and, and how maybe my faith has evolved to some uh, projects that I'm involved with around the city, I, I need to tell you that, that it's not a uh, real, really a straight road to that. Okay, as right. has been with many, many people. You yeah. know, my world and background uh, evolving through schools and college and ultimately business Unfortunately, I, I kind of took a dip in that uh, I allowed alcohol uh, 
to uh, permeate and, and really, unfortunately, uh, take hold of my life. Okay. And to a point where it controlled me much more so than I would have ever thought. Okay. Um, but I was fortunate through the help of God and others that I found help and, uh, you know, I've, I've been sober for almost 17 years now. Right. And so I it's woke remarkable. up from that. Well, thank you. I don't take credit for it. But, but that said, you know, that's a, that's a situation that occurs more often than you would think in, in all of our families. We oh, have yeah, today a rampant uh, problem in the United States, and it uh, affects well over 28 million people. You don't think about what the cost of that is, not only financially, right. but to the devastation of families and individuals. And so, you know, I found that, that after, through grace, that I, I got the help I needed. Uh, I was attracted to a, uh, a charity that, that I was made aware of that try to help people with maybe less resources that I have. Right. And in this case... That's a real problem in our city. Oh, it's, it's, it's more than you know. It's more than you know. And yet, you know, with the money that's being spent without the help, as I found, with God, that uh, you, you can't do it alone, is my point. Yeah, I, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And I think, um, you know, we were talking earlier about, about beauty, and I think um, there is, you know, St. Augustine said famously, um, our, our souls within us are restless until they come to rest in you, O God, right? And so um, I think... Um, the attempt to self-medicate with alcohol or drugs or food or shopping or sex or any of those things, right. you know, I think is in, in, in some ways um, the attempt to, to sort of blunt that, that, that urge that we, we, we feel to be in union with God. Um, and it's easier to, to disregard that if you've, if you've numbed yourself a bit. You, you, right? you said it absolutely correct. And, and you know what's so interesting is that the first step in the correction of that is just to ask for help. Yeah, and why why is that so hard? Well, right? it's hard because our society, uh, as you put it, we we numb ourselves. Right. We we believe that we're invincible, that we can correct all of our problems, and yet it's That's so right. simple. Well, you know, and look, I'm from or, Mississippi too, I right? Say simple. Yeah, I no, know you were but, from but you know, I mean, I mean, growing up the way that guys like you and I grew up, you know, right. you can cry about your football team or your dog. But otherwise, men don't feel, think, or cry, right? So you know, so so there is a there there isn't an allowance, right, for us to, to maybe acknowledge uh, spiritual struggle or or, or, or turmoil or, or pain, right? So where do we go to ask for help, George? Well, in my case, uh, uh, someone asked me to get help. Okay, sure, <laughs> sure. That's how it starts maybe often, at right? the same time I knew it, and, and I knew I needed to get it, and so. Um, you know, for individuals out there that, that do need this help, and I, I will say that we have uh, AA, many people have heard of it, but Absolutely. it's an active organization in this city. Well over, you know, 5,000 people meet daily. Abs yeah, yeah. I mean, that's unbelievable. And yet no one knows about it because anonymity, which is part of our uh, world there, um, I'm, I'm here today just to let people know that there is help. And whether you go to your priest or, or whether you Whoever, find a yeah. counselor, yeah. you know, that help is out there. It's well, out there for everyone. You know, and, and one of the things that's wonderful about the Episcopal Church is we have a long tradition of, of supporting recovery movements of all sorts. Um, Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, yeah. um, uh, Al-Anon for those with, with 
with loved ones. So um, if if this if if George's uh, message falls heavily on your ears today, and you say maybe something could could be better, yeah. um, start start by by doing some of the the uh, the looking around. There's help everywhere. Absolutely, and and it's it's out there on the internet. It's out there. As you mentioned, at the parish level, right. Uh, the first step is just to step up and say, "I can't do it alone." So, okay. So, um, Miranda's question about where do you turn for help, right? Um, and and this is something it sounds like you've been working on for seventeen years. I know that uh, you know w- one of my colleagues in the prayer book, the Book of Common Prayer in the Episcopal Church, knew every morning is your love for us, O oh God, right? So, absolutely. So today. You wake up and you start it again, and we're at this yeah. this new day. And w- yeah, it's one day at a time. We, it, it's Always, a slogan, right? but yet it's all all very very true. And uh, what led me to Serenity House? We haven't mentioned that over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to know more about so so you know this is and, and and thank you for sharing sharing with us. I mean, this is you know your your story is a is, is a remarkable story. Um, and I'm you know I'm curious to know this. Really, I think you can only call it a spiritual insider. You know an epiphany that that you have had where have you have you taken that that faith um and um where where are you involved in our city you know years passed in that i had uh, maintained sobriety and my life had changed for the better and i looked out there and i saw so many people that were still hurting you know i, I thought well i'm a pretty darn fortunate guy uh, I've been blessed and graced, and, and, and yet there's so many p- other people suffering. So as it would be, I ran into an individual who was in the uh, AA movement, and he said, have you ever thought about doing some volunteer work? Uh, and I said, you know, I'm too busy. i got too many things going on. I'm in the car business. I can't, I can't uh, uh, spare time. Yeah, George's phone goes off more than anybody that I've ever met. Well, it's, it's impressive. But but that said, I, I thought about it one night and I said, well, you know, I've got more time than I really realize. And so I did go down and um, meet with some people at Serenity House. It's on Poplar. It's about a four-acre campus. It's right serve, here uh, near the yeah, medical district, right, right, right around the, the corner from Crosstown. That's right. And here, here we had an organization that had been in business for over 40 years and they served six to seven hundred people a year with um we're we're grateful to say or blessed to say that we have over 70 percent of the people we come in contact are able to uh, uh, live a more sober life and so i was um i was touched by what they did and um and ultimately i I was asked to join the uh, board of directors, and I've served on that board for almost 10 years now. And uh, we've enlarged the campus. We now have uh, two intensive outpatient therapy programs, primarily to help people that have gone through long-term care or just need a a daily adjustment as far as uh, counseling is concerned. And we have a newly open facility uh, out east at Park and White Station. So we see over 150 people a week there as well through telemedicine, through counseling. So that gives you gives gives Serenity House a pretty a pretty wide reach across the metro area. Then yeah, we 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 like to think that we're out there to help people maybe that are less fortunate than I was uh, in that they don't have the financial resources. Sure, and we're open to anyone. We don't we don't turn anyone down. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, what, that's actually what I was going to ask George is who is it who is welcome at Serenity House and able to use those services um, and 
Is everyone accepted? Is everyone is accepted. and outpatient? Well, we, we can't see, when I say everyone, it's adults. Um, sure. It's, a, it's another world uh, for uh, adolescents, teens, things of that nature. But, but we primarily focus on adults uh, with alcohol, drug, uh, whatever the dependency is, we're prepared to help them. Men and women? Men and women, yes. We even have, uh, I'm proud to say that we added this uh, during my tenure um, for uh, pregnant women. And we see uh, we're able to help them and uh, we're delivering babies that are not addicted, which is a great thing. And how many people live at Serenity House or are able well, to stay there at Okay, time? so we, we, we have roughly uh, 65 beds. And um, on our campus, we have uh, four dormitory settings for that. We have over 65 employees. We have uh, medical staff there. Uh, uh, we, we treat people 24-7. It really is this little oasis in the middle of the city. I, I, I had the great privilege of going over uh, with George uh, um, recently. I guess it's been a few weeks or, or, or months back. You know, yeah. time gets weird in the, the uh, pandemic. And you, and you go onto this campus, uh, and it's right there, you know, near yeah. the, uh, the uh, medical district. So it's, it's emphasis on, on healing of the body and, and it, soul. It is. And, and, uh, and part of things our, happen there. Our, um, we are a faith-based program. Right. We're not right. afraid to say it. We believe it. And uh, we, we talk to our, our clients or our, in, in the manner by which we, we recognize that there is a higher power. Right. And yeah, and that's one of the things I, you know, that, that I, I'm, I'm really taken with. And, you know, I, I think, George, you're a good example. You know, when we talk about faith, it doesn't have to be um, standing on the street corner with a bullhorn, it's it's simply it's a simply matter of of, of, of acknowledging um, the way that, that we are we are oriented in our in our lives. And you know, I think um, I don't know how many times I've seen you um, just sort of casually talk about this stuff. I mean, the stuff that 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 matters, and and you don't wag your finger and say you know you bad boy or girl, but you just you you talk about it in a way that I find very compelling because you, you integrate what we do on Sundays at St. John's, which is, which is beautiful. I mean, you know, Miranda talked about, um, our, our, our space. It's, uh, it is a, a, a great place. It's, it's a, it's a beautiful place, but when we go out of those doors on Sunday at, at noon, you know, we, we don't go into hibernation for a week and, you know, we have to integrate what we do on Sunday with the, uh, the arrest of the, uh, the uh, week and, and, yeah. and, um, I see you being very intentional about making making that that union, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does, and I, you know I hadn't thought of it in that context, but thank you for that those words. And I, and I, I've evolved in terms of my faith, uh, as you said. I, I I try not to just leave it at the altar, so to speak, right. on Sunday and right. carry it forward. And and so that's what you know. It's interesting when I was um, I I came. I've been a longtime sports fan, as you know. Oh, yeah. And, and I follow the Memphis Grizzlies. And, uh, by the way, I was at the game last night. We won, for those that need to know that. But A uh, little score update, first yeah, thing. We, we, we beat the Good Wizards. Good to know. But, you know. I did see that score. Yeah, I saw that. It, it's kind of interesting how God works because I've been a um, season ticket holder for, you know, well over 10 years. And I came out of my portal one, one night and um, – there's a kiosk next to it and a group of people there and, and a man just said, would you be interested in talking to us uh, about the Grizzlies Foundation? 
And I said, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a few minutes. And of course, like anybody else, when I'm approached, I'm a little taken back. But mm-hmm. I listened. And, um, and what they said was meaningful to me. They said, we, we intend to help people, uh, children primarily. And, of course, there's not anyone that doesn't want to help children. Yeah, right. And so it's he the most went natural on to, thing of all. He went on to explain to me something that I kind of already knew, not all the statistics, that 35 million uh, children, excuse me, 35% of the children in the city of Memphis are in poverty. So that's, you know, roughly a little over one, one in three. And then, of course, like drug addiction or alcohol addiction that leads to other problems and, and they so compound on. one he, on top of he another. didn't have to really explain to me that theorem but i i listened i said well what are y'all doing and and i did not realize that the grizzlies had their own philanthropic foundation i'm not sure many people know that no 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 this is something for the city to to really stand proud about because whether we knew it or not or i didn't know this that we have meaning the grizzly foundation has the only chartered prep school it is a public school uh middle school that is uh named for an nba team and they endorse it and financially support it and they've given well over 53 million dollars uh since 2001 to the city to help uh these kids and so what they asked me to do they said would you just be a mentor and so i was a little taken back i said well i don't know if i even qualify i don't know what the you know and so I shared with them some of my ups and downs in my life because I think that was appropriate. I didn't want to overstate who I was or what I wasn't. And I uh, went through, um, you know, they check people out pretty extensively. Somehow I, I passed that. Uh, with it, flying colors, George. Nah, well, <laughs> maybe today, not a not long time ago. But long, long, what they do is uh, we, meaning the mentors, of which there are well over 150 uh, in the city, meet with these kids, in our case, seventh and eighth graders. And uh, we meet with them after school at least once a week. Um, we try to give them the tools to go and move into the 21st century. Uh, many of them are single uh, family, or excuse me, single parent homes. Right. They don't have all the tools maybe that I was fortunate enough to have, and I'm referencing to school right. uh, and other things. but. So I well, have, and it's been all the more complicated in the past year, right? I mean, all, oh, uh, yeah. the, the number of children who are, who have been doing remote learning, and you know, I, I mean, I don't know about you, George, in, in your work, but I can tell you one of the things that I've I've experienced in in my work in the past year has just been an unprecedented uh, unprecedented amount of change. You know, we're having to exercise muscles that that I didn't know that I had. You know, look, yeah. I don't know how many times, and Miranda's tired of me saying it, but you know, I've said if there was a class in seminary about how to run a a church in a pandemic, I didn't I didn't take it. <laughs> Right? <laughs> none of us, yeah. none of us realized what we so, were going to be dealing with. So that sort of uh, um, empowerment and skill development, I think, is all the more important given oh, where is. we are today. And, and then we we see these kids uh, mature, and I've seen uh, for the last four years, uh, you know, my kids, I call them, uh, grow up. I love that. Yeah, my and, kids. And uh, we've gone to Zoom meetings. I'm not as fond of it as as some, but I. I it's tough. Yeah, it, it's, it's it not is the same. tough over. But but back to the foundation. The foundation um, is involved in fitness activities, uh, scholarships uh, to both uh, high school students uh, moving on to college. And, um, you know, we want to let people know that they can volunteer for that, too. 
and whether they call the Grizzly Foundation or actually want to contact me personally or go through you, I'll give you the information. Absolutely. Um, we'd be happy to uh, talk to anyone about that. Well, you know, and I can imagine, George, it's it's not so much. I mean, if we if we pulled up your your high school report card, we might not see see <laughs> that might be right. That might be a little tough. Well, and we're not talking about mine, right? But but I think the idea is that you are developing a, a mentoring relationship with a young person here in our city, one of our own sons or daughters in Memphis, right? I mean, that's what's important. Not yeah. so much, uh, yeah. you know. I mean, I mean, somebody can teach geometry, right? You know. So so if you're hearing this, um, don't start to think about your 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 lack but the gifts that, that you do have everybody can be invested in somebody that that needs it that's true right absolutely i've enjoyed my my work and and it's really enlightened me as to the number of people that really care to try to help other people that, that's fulfilling to be a part of that group well look and i think as as christians i mean our you know i mean uh, holy week it uh, hard to believe approaches you know monday thursday we right. we remember the, the mandate, right? I mean, Jesus, uh, who we understand to be the Son of God, the Savior of the world, um, mandates us to love one another as we are loved, right? And there is not a more practical way to do that than to be connected with, with, with another person um, who, you know, look, uh, probably uh, comes from a different set of life circumstances, right? That, that you're absolutely correct. And, you know, it, it's really helped me grow in my own head, and that's tough to, sometimes for me to address. But dealing with people that I, w I wouldn't see otherwise right and, and knowing that their their chances are are greatly improved uh, you know through maybe my efforts and those uh, around me well look I think we're gonna have to be all the more intentional about making these sort of connections going forward because right now look for the past year we've had to think about each other as sources of infection uh, right. and so so we're gonna have to work really hard on the other side of this pandemic um, to make connections with each other and to recognize each other's humanity so I have a question for you, George. You've talked to us about your civic involvement at Serenity House and with the Grizzlies Foundation. I'm curious about how your faith factors into your work. And you are essentially a used car salesman, as you say. <laughs> Tell me what yeah, it's that's, like to take that, your Christianity, to, because I know you, and I know that that spreads out across okay. your life. Tell me what that's like in your career, which well, is such an interesting one. That one I have to stop and think a little bit about. I can Good. I can instantly uh, respond to the first part of your that. question, <laughs> okay. but you know I'm in a business and that business is uh, uh, sometimes maligned and maybe justifiably so uh, through our history. But the automobile business, which is not what I studied in college, I'll tell you that. I understand. Front. Yeah. Uh, but I found it 22 years ago, um, and or no, 32 years ago. What am I saying? Um, I've enjoyed my tenure with the Jim Karras uh, organization, our automotive organization, and I want to say this up front, they are, they are very good people and have helped me through thick and thin. Mm -hmm. uh, but back to your question. Um, I, th I think that I try to look at transactions, meaning car sales, uh, no differently than if I just bought a cup of coffee up up the street at that bakery sure. the lady was most polite to me smiled uh i was a little disgruntled they didn't open it ate on the nose but <laughs> but see that you know you walk into my store and, and you say i want to buy a car and instantly your your uh anxiety level goes up and okay. so huh. my goal is to try to listen to you and my goal is trying to find the right vehicle that you want ideally sometimes that's not always the case but but truthfully if we can Try to practice empathy and um, reasonableness. 
that that's what helps me uh, try to satisfy my customers, and I've been pretty fortunate in that regard. I love it. Church people would call that a ministry of presence, right? To be fully present with I someone. I haven't thought and, of it in that context. Well, that's what I'm here to do, yeah. George. I'm, yeah, you're my, you're my spiritual coach. You I, know. I'm your friend, priest, and moral <laughs> compass. Yeah, no, no, uh, no, I, I love that, right? And it and it sounds so so simple, but but when you stop for a moment and, and, and think about that, um, if you were present with someone in a very anxious moment, um, the way you conduct yourselves, uh, yourself can be... Um, life-giving and and christian and do Shocker. you share pastries with them because you're known ah. for bringing pastries george is the donut and man. donuts yeah. 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 he Actually, is in fact a morning person uh, i am very a morning and person. donuts are wherever george is yeah that's right I've, is that I've part of your business some here i know which we're gonna I'm have to partake at the break we will we will but yeah, let's yeah do it. you know there there again that i think uh going back a long time ago my mother and my grandmother are always people that had uh uh whether it be candy or pastries or whatever, they wanted you to feel at home. And so I, I thought about yeah, that. Yeah, right. And I, Hospitality. I, I try to exude that. But in, in Things this, change when you eat with people. It, it, they do. They do. So And the kids at church like you a lot. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I, I will have right, to tell right, right. you, I, I've helped. We, we know what Gibson's Donuts is. I'm going to tell you a quick oh, story. Oh, they know you on Sunday morning, right? And, and so for years, I, I would just pick up donuts for our TV crew and, and things like that. And, Ultimately, we end up using donuts as a prop, representing zero percent financing. So I get it. I, I, I got to the point where it's a lovely as, visual, uh, matter of fact. Uh, Don, uh, who is the owner of Gibson's, uh, put me on permanent on scholarship. There you go. And, and I took my son on the way to school, and we got, picked up some donuts, and I was going to pay for them. And then he yelled out, "That man's on on lifetime scholarship." <laughs> my dad, my my son at the time was fourteen. He said, "Dad, I, you're the only person I know who gets free donuts." I love it. Memphi- so, anyway. Memphians helping Memphians. Yeah. We love you, George. Yeah, George. Well, I, I love you both, and and I want to say to the audience that St. John's is a great place to visit, and and uh, we would welcome all that uh, would like to be a part of our parish. Absolutely. George, we appreciate your time this morning. Um, thank you uh, for being on Faithfully Memphis and uh, continue the good work that God has uh, given you. And um, I, I, I will pray for you and I ask that you, uh, that you pray for me. And um, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you both. Absolutely. Bye. So um, plenty of food for thought here, um, hearing from George Gully, and uh, we are, in fact, grateful for his, for his time this morning. Uh, I don't know about you, Miranda, but sometimes when I need to sit and think, I like to put on a musical track. So um, I would like to cue up um, a second piece of music here. Um, this is from the Reverend John Wilkins, a, a local uh, legend who uh, actually has died recently in this long year that we're in. But um, here's, a, here's a track from Reverend John Wilkins.
All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to Faithfully Memphis. That was the Reverend John Wilkins, a track called Trouble off of his new record that actually came out um, last year. Um, Reverend John Wilkins, a, a, a beloved um, music uh, a musician here in Memphis, um, he was the, the pastor down at Hunter's Chapel uh, Baptist Church in beautiful historic Como, Mississippi, and uh, actually had a bout of, uh, with, with COVID and recovered, but um, as we say in the Episcopal Church, um, Reverend John Wilkins of blessed memory, a, um, a wonderful musician and a guy that did a lot for this city and this region, uh, gone uh, soon, too soon, but we can remember him through his music. Um, so uh, thanks for sticking around, everybody. I hope this is this has proved to be a, a helpful start to your day, wherever you might be, whatever day you might be catching this uh, on. Um, we've we've talked a little bit um, about this date, March eleventh, twenty twenty one, and uh, for uh, for whatever reason, um, I decided we would sit down and, and, and look at the calendar. And today actually marks marks the. Um, the one-year anniversary of the World Health Organization declaring this COVID-19 to be um, a global pandemic. So this this uh, this time that we have been in now, it's it's been a a full year. Um, and look, I don't know. Um, uh, George talked a little bit about it. I mean, we, we've all had to pivot so much, and and things look so very different. Um, and it it looks like slowly but surely we are in fact um, starting to turn the curve on this pandemic. Now, don't get me wrong. We still got to wear masks. We got to wash our hands. We got to socially distance and do all those things that, uh, that we need to do. But uh, Miranda, a couple of questions come to my mind and I'd be curious to know what you think. I'd, I'm curious, um, what has this year taught you? Um, and um, what are you going to take with you into the future from this, from this, this year that we have now um, reached the one year anniversary on? Well, we started out talking today about beauty, and um, I'm thinking about this time, and I'm definitely not the first to say this, but this has been about a year-long Lent, and those of us yeah, who are liturgical Christians, um, we are, all Christians are preparing for Easter, and this time before Easter, we call Lent from the Old English word meaning spring, Right. Um, and we are slowly getting toward the resurrection, but right now, we are wandering in the wilderness, and it's been a year-long wilderness. Uh, we didn't choose this wilderness. No. We weren't out looking for no, it. No, this is an involuntary Lent. Absolutely. It's been an involuntary Lent. Right. And we've Can't gone through a lot of, of voluntary Lents, those of us sure. who have observed them in our sure. lives. And so I'm going back to this Rilke, Rainer Maria Wilke, one okay. of my favorite yeah. mystical poets, said something like, let everything happen to you, beauty and terror. Mm. Just keep going. Like okay. no feeling is final. And I'm thinking about how we were talking about beauty at the beginning mm -hmm. of the show mm -hmm. and how that is just such an obvious entry point to God. But sometimes terror, terror can be an entry point to God as well. The wilderness is. It's that unknown God. I have no idea what I'm going to come away from this time yeah. having experienced or feeling. But I'm, I'm a year into it now. And right. I'm trusting what this wilderness has given me. That's how I'm choosing to see this time without being too Pollyanna about it. No, I don't think so. So what I've been thinking is that this has just been a pressure cooker of a year. And the things that I already knew weren't working in my personal life sure. or that were good in my personal life have honestly become better. And the mm. things at church in our professional life and right. our, our time with the church, I have seen some things fall flat that I already had suspicions were not working well. That's and right. other things mm. that have picked back up. Yeah. And so for That's me personally, point. I'm finding that 
the, the relationships, the friendships, the people that I love, those have gotten deeper and stronger in this time. I've really felt a sense of community because I live alone and right. it's been hard to be alone during COVID. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, it has been, it has been relentless yeah. uh, for, for a year now. Yeah, it really um, has been. And I, um, I'm not the only person saying this. I'm hearing other people say, you know, they're finding that, that what was good has become better and what was bad has become worse. And I think that that is one of the lessons of the wilderness yeah. for me. Um, and so what am I going to take from this? I'm definitely going to take some lessons from church. This has been a time for us to be a little bit imaginative and creative in how we do things. Yeah. Um, well, I have, I, oh, we've had gosh, to. I cannot we've, stand we've technology at times. And you know, my breaking points this year at church have been over things like microphones. Right. It, it, it is a, it is a completely different experience. <laughs> right. Just, and, it, and when it's good, it's good. And when it's bad, it is, yeah. uh, it's maddening. Yeah. I already knew I didn't want to be on a lot of zoom meetings and I know now that's like, not your that thing. That is not yeah. something that has given me a lot of life. Right. It hasn't really been a choice, but I, the things that have frustrated me have just like gone through, but then like the creativity, the imagination, the fact that that we are people who, for our job, we put on rites, R-I-T-E-S, rites yeah. and rituals. Those are going to be important no matter what someone's faith life is. Well, and that's, we yeah. need to mark the transitions of life. And I have been so saddened for people who have had to delay or make their weddings, their graduations, their their funerals, smaller events or no event but I'm finding that we still need those rites and rituals to happen. Well, that's where so I, I fall as, as well. I believe all the more strongly in what we're doing there and how yeah. vital that is for humans to to mark what's going on in our lives and to to experience, again, the beauty and terror of worship. So people have missed our worship. Yeah, they the, missed uh, Eucharist. We need those things. Well, and that's, and that's where, I, you know, that's where I've, I've, I fall. I mean, you know, what have I taken away from this from this year? Um, faith matters all the more. The, the things that a group of people do when they gather in the, in the name of God um, matter. And people are so hungry for meaning and for connection. And I come away from this time, you know, in some ways, you know, there's a, the phrase absence makes the heart grow fonder, mm-hmm. right? Well, you know, I would say that the absence of a, of a, a Christian community together gathering at the corner of Central and Greer has made me remember all the more how important that is, and so those those rites and those ritual, rituals, mm-hmm. rituals, rituals, the uh, <laughs> the uh, way that we that we mark time. Yeah. Um, that I mean to to keep to keep ritual and to cross thresholds, comings and goings, births and deaths. That's yeah. what it means to be a human being. That's what it means Absolutely. to be made in the image of and God. And a life of faith supports that in a journey which we haven't been able to make together very well. No, but because we haven't been together. But well, well, we, we are together in spirit. That's, so we're that's the, uh, the uh, crux of it. Dealing with some of the paradoxes, which I love to say. Yeah. Two things true at the same time. Sometimes opposite things true at the same time. That's right. It is a, um, it is a, um, it's a great point. I, I'm liking all that you're saying. Just switching gears, what are you most looking forward to on the, on the other side of this pandemic? Uh, a really awesome meal. Okay. Like, yeah. I just want to sit down for hours. You want to sit like, and dine. All my friends at a Absolutely. Big table. I am a social person. I love Very much to so. be out doing stuff. I miss getting together, having parties, yeah. going to a restaurant. There's so many wonderful places to be in Memphis, and I have missed food. Yeah. A little bit it's of a, live music and some concert type stuff. I'm so yeah. just going to see the ballet and the symphony and 
shows at the Orpheum. See, that's the thing. Yeah, I'm, 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 I look forward to a beautiful um, early summer evening again um, after um, after I've 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 had lunch uh, or or dinner in, in the cooler. You know, I I can't wait for a Levitt Shell concert again. Right, just mm-hmm. to be out and be with people and to be able to go to the museums in our city. I mean, so much of the of the uh, the uh, good things that that we have in the city that um, we will we will slowly but surely be able to have access to again. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, that um, I I. Uh, we can't be done already. Are we already done? We have approached oh the witching hour. We are going to have to wrap this thing up. I wanted to just say um, thank you, um, dear listener, wherever you might be. Um, I'm Jay. Um, we've heard from Miranda Cully. Miranda, you can. Miranda, mother yeah, Miranda. Yeah, that's right. To, to all. Mm-hmm. And uh, George Gully, thank you for your time this morning, and thank you for the good work that you're doing and letting us know about um, some opportunities for us to get involved and, and to actually Bishop practice Phoebe that faith. In the Diocese of West Tennessee. Happy for, birthday, Bishop Phoebe. Oh, that's right. Her she, birthday was a few days yeah, ago. Yeah, so she she might be upset that she I... She probably didn't brag about that, but we... No, did. she didn't, but I did. So yeah. so it all it all worked out. Um, so um, thank you for your time, um, everyone involved. Um, it's, been a, it's been a real treat to be here at uh, Crosstown and to be in the this uh, beautiful studio. So uh, we uh, hope that uh, this message finds you well, wherever you might be. Um, God bless, good luck, and uh, we'll see you soon. This is Faithfully Memphis. Bye. Keep up.
international radio partnership between the Daily Memphian, Crosstown Concourse, and University of Memphis. This is the Early Word News Brief from the Daily Memphian. For Mary Cashiola, I'm Gix Patterson. Today is Thursday, March 